Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and countrymen, welcome back to Trailblazers Radio. More specifically, welcome back to the Office Alley. I am your host, Mr. Frederick Beatty, and we have a great show for you guys lined up for you guys tonight. But before we even get into that and introduce the, um, the our guest of the hour tonight, I want to just give a couple of announcements and everything. So uh, one thing I want to just ask you guys is to continue to please thank you guys for tuning in. Number one, please like and share and comment on this on this particular show as well as also, you know, get people get people to follow us in your circle of influence, man. We're we're on Instagram at Trailblazers Radio. We're also on Facebook at Trailblazers Radio. We also have a YouTube channel, and we're also on LinkedIn. So please follow us on follow us on those social media sites. And to our listeners and viewing audience, we I want to continue to thank you guys for viewing in and tapping in with us every time we have a podcast. I am very appreciative of that. And so are my hosts, Quint Jones, Coco Fenton, and also Mr. Terrence Jackson. So we are very grateful for you guys for tapping into us every every time we come up on a come up, we have a podcast. So one thing I want to mention to you guys. So if you list, so if you guys paid attention a little bit to what we were we got going on, there's a looks like there's a schedule change. So yes, there is a schedule change. Um, my life as destiny will be on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, we'll be on Mondays and Thursdays and my show, the author's alley is still on Fridays, but also my tra- the trailblazer show will actually, will actually be on days that Quint and Coco are not on. So that, so it'll either be a, it'll either be maybe a Tuesday or maybe a Wednesday or something of that nature, but we got some good things coming down the road for you guys. And we want y'all to continue to tap in with us. And we, again, we most definitely appreciate everyone that uh, that has been tapping in with us and listening to us watching us commenting sharing liking we appreciate that so much but now that that is out of the way ladies and gentlemen let's get down to brass tacks the young lady that i have in us through in the building needs no introduction but we are going to give her the best introduction that i know how to first and foremost this young this this young lady is an author she's a pod she's a she also, she's also a podcaster she wears a lot of hats and we're going to talk about those hats that she wears not only that but she's also but she's also the the mother of a disabled of, of a disabled child and we're also going to talk about that too and we're also going to talk about that too but let me introduce to you guys mrs monique du l hey what's going <laughs> hey. on my dear how hello, are you hello hello i am well how are you doing wonderful doing wonderful doing wonderful so how so how's the how's the weather in the dc area right now cold <laughs> just simply cold it, it it goes up and down it's it's <laughs> bipolar it, the weather here is bipolar it was decent yesterday and now it's that bone chilling cold again because we're supposed to get some sort of storm coming over the weekend so same here same here same here so it's supposed to be some winter storm that's supposed to come over um 
North Georgia around Sunday. I don't live in North Georgia, but I'm pretty, but we'll probably get some of that. Some of the, the remnant, we'll probably get the ugly parts of that, not the pretty parts, where it's not nice and white, but we're going to get the ugly parts of it to where mm. probably the whole city shuts down. And yeah, Georgia's, Georgia's unlike any other state. When it snows out here, it the whole city, the whole state just shuts down. Oh wow! Yeah, people, people, we are we're That's not good. used to driving in snow. Everybody safe. <laughs> we're not used to driving in snow out here. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's the best idea to do that. Yeah, there's not not enough of those salt <laughs> trucks and stuff out here for us. So, yeah, some we don't know how driving in snow out here. So, and if it does snow out here, well, I'm staying in the house. I don't know about nobody else. I do too. I, I, I do too. I'm. I'll go outside and make snow angels and stuff if if it's enough snow. But other than that, I'm sitting in the house going, "Ooh, look at the pretty snow." Ooh, it's pretty. Is we going out there? Nope, not at all. Staying in the house, hot mm-hmm. chocolate or tea. We're good. So, so you so so let's let's talk let's talk about it. Let's talk a little bit about about you. I mean, author. So you're an author. How did that come about? Um, I was invited uh, to a show by um, a gentleman who asked me to come on his show to talk about how how do I handle a special needs child, which is actually the title of my very first book. Um, I think a couple of days prior to the show's airing, he called to discuss the details, but then it went way left. He started asking me personal questions about mm. myself and if I was dating and blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, I hear him breathing. Like he's been possessed by demons and he wanted to have phone sex. And oh when I refused, um, he canceled the show. However, I was still writing. And um, that's how, the like I said, the first book was born. I continued to write. God was like, don't stop writing. And I think for about two days straight, I just kept writing, kept writing. And then I published the first book. So that's how that came about. I have him to thank for that. <laughs> Somebody I mean, was really. Somebody that was completely inappropriate <laughs> pushed your writing career forward. Never know. Push, push me right. Yep. Push me right into being an author, and the rest is history, basically. Now, had you all, now had, was that something that you had always wanted to do, or this, or was that that instant, that instance, oh. the thing that pushed you? Yeah, it just pushed me. I had no, um, I had no desire to be an author. I had no desire to do any of that. Um, I was, I think, right in the middle of just getting myself to the point where I was accepting of the fact that my son has special needs and he's going to need care for the rest of his life. I didn't want to talk to anybody about cerebral palsy. I didn't want to write about it. I didn't want to. It was a sore spot for me um, mm. because between society and just my own thoughts as a woman, it made me feel like I was a defective object. And so I was overcompensating, doing everything for my son burning myself out just so that he would know that I loved him. And I felt sorry. You know, I felt sorry that he had it. I blamed myself for a while, many years until God freed me from that. And it took a while. Did it take a while? And it was a process. Wow. What a, I mean, that is, that is a process to go through to know that you have a, a special needs child or, you know, that's, that's crazy. Cause, um, <coughs> I have, a, um, my brother is um married. My brother is married to my well, my mother and my sister-in-law. They have a special needs child, and 
I just I see when I look when I look at when I look at them and I look at how they how they treat her and they and they love on her and they just you know treat her like treat her like she's a normal she's just a normal human being and I'm I'm like that's what's up that that is what's up because it does because that does because I think the thing the stigma is that if you're if you're someone with special needs or you're a parent of a child or you're a parent of a person with special needs there's a stigma behind that like yeah it is it is and i when i look at that you know people just kind of just look at you differently they you know they may and i've heard some people say some real disparaging stuff about very you know, and i'm like how to as a person who does i mean how to so from your perspective how does one how does someone handle that you know a parent of a um of an individual, whether it's a child or an adult who, who special needs, how does, how does one, how does one handle that? Very carefully, because you have to remember that despite all of this technology and all of this information out here, people are still ignorant. And while they think they're saying encouraging things to you, they're really not. I had one lady to tell me better you than me. Cause I couldn't do it. That's not a compliment and that's not encouraging. Um, I had someone else tell me, well, God knew what he was doing. He gives his, you know, strongest battles to his strongest soldiers. I asked her, I said, so are you weak then? What wow. does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? That does not, no, <laughs> that's not how that goes. And so, you know, you get a lot of those people want to be encouraging because they don't know what to say. So I tell people, if you don't know what to say, the best thing to do is just say, hey, you know, um, I'm praying for you or give us a hug or something. Don't, you know, because a lot of these cliche things that people say all the time, it's sort of like telling somebody when their loved ones die, God needed another rose in their garden. Are you serious? Mm. <laughs> God wow. needed another angel. Really, though. You know, so um, it it takes patience to deal with. And there were times where people say some really crazy, just off the wall stuff. And I would come home and cry because I'm like, they just don't understand. You know, they're like, you make this look easy. I'm like, baby, it ain't, <laughs> you know. And so um, I got tired at one point of putting on a brave face. And wow. so that's where the podcast and stuff. Yeah. Every, you know, we, we're out here. A lot of these parents are not going to tell you, so I'm going to tell you. A lot of these parents are sitting in their cars like I was for weeks and months, crying their eyes out because they didn't know what to do with their special needs child, trying to figure out how to do life for themselves and do life with their special needs child, not being able to work, in my case, for 17, 18 of his 21 years and having to quit a job almost as soon as you started because they needed a surgery and all that. They won't tell you all that. They won't tell you the emotional toll it takes. So I do. I'll tell you, it's hard. You know, wow. you, I can't just go get on a plane and go for a weekend cruise or anything like that or whatever. I have to have a team of people now because my son is older and he's heavier. And so the emotional toll, you have to, you have to lean on God for that. You do, you have to have faith. You have to have self-care. You have to have community that loves you, that will pour into you. You know, the positivity that we talked about earlier, the positive affirmations, all of that stuff. Cause it don't take much for me. And I'm speaking for all the other special needs parents with the level of stress we go through. It doesn't take much to set us off at all. Mm. It doesn't. Wow. That's and the funny thing of it. And so the right. So the writing came from a, a messed up, a messed up incident, but also 
Yeah. Did now? Did you now? Did you did initially? Did you want to write? Did you want to write about what you were doing? What? How you? What? What your your dealings with your child? With your child? With your your son? Right? Yeah. Did you? Did you want? Did you want to write about that? Was it something that you kind of felt like you had to say? Felt like was it the message that you wanted to say initially, or would you? Did you want to write about something different? Well, I mean, like I said, that was for the show, and that was supposed to be one and done. And so once this started and I did the book, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm telling people how I got through the emotional part and the spiritual part and seeing God differently, and especially his parenting. So then that's when my spirit began to open up and I confronted all of those feelings that I stuffed. Like I said, I was brave facing, you know, smiling at everybody, telling everybody to have faith in God. And I'm not, and that's, and, and, I, and a lot of days I didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. You know, my situation didn't dictate none of that, but I was still speaking faith. I was still speaking strength. I was still speaking hope. I'm like, one of these days, this is going to catch up to me and I'm really going to feel like that. And it won't just be a brave face. It'll be a true story. And so I kept at it until I got to the point where it's a true story. Now, it wasn't just me just saying it to try to convince people to feel better, you know, about having a special needs child, but to really hone in on what God was calling me to do. And dealing with it. You have to deal with it. If you don't, it's gonna deal with you. Sooner or later, it will catch it will catch up to you. It will catch up to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And that and I'm and I'm pretty sure that battle that you were having internally wasn't wasn't a very wasn't a very nice one. No. Um I said I would sit in my car. Um, if I would go to work when I did when I was working, I would go to work. And I would go sit in my, I would sit in my car for about two and a half, three hours in the driveway and just sit there in silence, no music, no phone, no nothing. Or I would just sit there and cry because I had finally had a breakdown. And this was like maybe two years ago. Um, And I'm thankful for my friends that prayed for me and would call me. It was to the point where they were afraid I was going to commit suicide. And I was afraid because I didn't know. Mm. I was just done. I had just completely broke down. And even though I was still brave facing it, the people who knew me, who really knew me, knew that I was not fine. And that's the kind of friends you need. You need those type of friends that know that even if I'm smiling like this or you hear my voice saying, hey, they like, Mm-mm, what's going she on? Not, she not OK. <laughs> no, no. And so I'm grateful for the people that God placed in my life to hear my heart's cry beyond the smile. Mm, you know, smiles are deceiving. We smile a lot, but, yes, but behind we do. that smile, and it and I wasn't there. I was spent. I was like, Lord, if you don't get me out of this, if you don't do something or or shift gears or change the circumstances, I am done. And I'm taking Jeremiah with me. I I will not leave my kid here to suffer this mess that I had to suffer. And I was serious about it. Mm. But you know, I one day I cried. And I remember sitting in my car and I just started screaming and it was almost as if God was like, woof. And I was like, whoa, what was that? (laughs) I mean, I cried out to God and said, Lord, I surrender this pain. You know, I surrender the anger, the disappointment, you know, the, the guilt that I was carrying about, you know, having him early and all that. And that from that point on, I was, I was free. And I was free. Indeed, that is. And the funny part, the thing about it is, is that when you I think when we do finally just decide to surrender everything, you know, to God, things begin to, you know, the sun, the sun just shines a little brighter and 
you know, things yes. just feel a little better. And like the load on your shoulders isn't as heavy as it was before. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that you got to that point to where, you know, you find things finally, find, things finally turned around for you. I mean, but I know yeah. traveling, but I, but I can, I can tell traveling that road was not the easiest road to, to walk, to travel down, especially with number one, dealing with the stigma of everything. And then also you being the parent and not only are you taking on what that shit, what that, what that individual, that child may feel, but now that's compounded by your own feelings of, of self-doubt, self-worth, and, you know, wondering if what you're doing is the right thing. And then, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. overcompensation, man, it was, I was like, that, for me, that, those are the things that I look at. And, you know, Simone yeah. Austin said, a smile can be deceiving. That is very true, Simone. Yeah, That is very yes. true. Because a smile can, we can smile on the outside, but on the inside of uh, a major battle is just raging on inside. Yes. You know? yes. And people and I was dying that. inside. Oh man. That I mean, is, that is the worst I was just dying inside. I mean, that is the and, worst and just a, you know, when you're struggling to smile, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. When you're of struggling course. to smile and you're going in the bathroom to put water on your face to keep from crying because every time you go to a meeting, Every time you, you know, have have a phone call from the teacher and things like that, they're telling you something different that your child needs or something or or some goal wasn't met that you had hoped that they would meet to make them a little bit more independent and need less help from you only to realize, nope, they're not there yet. And you feel disappointed. And then the whole cycle, if you're not careful, and to start back over the whole mom guilt, did I do everything right when I was pregnant? Why didn't I say no to this? I should have said yes to that. Maybe, maybe not. Would that have changed anything? I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'll never know. So that's an yeah. empty argument. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. The, the, one, the one thing that I try to just, the one thing that I try to tell, you know, people, especially when, those types of situations happen or when you question yourself, especially when things like that, those like things like that go down, you, you just don't, you just don't know. You can't, you can never predict anything to happen, whether good or bad, you know, especially when it comes to something like this, I would, you know, me per, I would, <clears throat> I know me personally, I would say it's, it's not your fault. You can't, you couldn't right. predict any of this. You can predict anything that would have happened from the time you got from the time you got pregnant to the time you to the time you conceived. And anything else that would have happened even after that, we can't we don't we don't predict that. We do not predict we can't predict that because there's no telling what's going to happen down the line. You know, the only thing that and I know as a parent myself, the only thing that I prayed for was a healthy, happy baby, you know. Basically, regardless yes, of basically. regardless of whatever whatever else happens as long as as long as that as long as that child's happy and healthy and their quality of life isn't and they can enjoy the quality of life that i foresee them enjoying even if it means i have to help them enjoy that then that then you know that's it's a mission accomplished because that child's going to enjoy that quality of life you know and they're going to be able to be productive and things of that nature 
I see. I, I see Simone. I see. So, so Simone says she's just. I am a special needs child, though, and I get and I get that. So, you know, it is hard to it is hard to smile when she said it's hard to smile when being broken. Yes. Yes. Yep. The, the one thing, if I could say something, if I could say one positive, if I could say a positive thing to you, Miss Simone, is find find your happy place. Yes. Find that thing, find that thing and fall, find that thing that makes you happy and concentrate on that part of it. And when you find when you find that happy place, that happy place internally, everything else radiates out, radiates outwards, because when you're happy inside, it shows on the outside. But you have to be able to find that happy place and find that happy center. This it's a difficult journey. To, it's a difficult thing to do, but it can be done. Yes, and I would say also um, expand the territory of what you can do and, and don't focus on the many things that you probably can't because that's where the breach comes in at. If you always focus on what you can't do, you'll never do the things that you can because you're stuck there. Yes. And so whatever it is that you're able to do, um, do those things and excel at those things. And expand your mindset, and That's it. Um, the rest will fall into place. That's it, you know. And I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't have said that even per, more perfect, more plainly or perfectly myself. You know, be the best Simone that you can be, because right. regardless of what anybody else thinks, as long as you believe that you you're the best person that you can be, everybody else thinks you. Everybody else, everybody else. What everybody else thinks of you is irrelevant. Period. Very much so. Because, oh, and you're you're very much well. You're very much welcome, Miss Simone. You're very much welcome. Because, uh, yeah, everything else is very much irrelevant because it doesn't matter what people think, what people say. It's noise, basically. That's it. It goes. It goes here. Comes. It should go in here, and it should come out here. Yeah. Don't internalize. Don't let it go from here to your heart. Yeah. Because the moment don't it goes them, from don't let Because yes. the moment. Because the moment it goes from your ears to your heart, that's where the battle. That's where the battlefield is created. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, be the best person you know how to be, Simone, and you're good. And, and you're. And I promise you, you. I promise you, you're golden. Because what everybody yes, else thinks indeed. doesn't matter. And Simone, yeah. you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Understand that. Understand that there's nobody else like Simone. There's nobody else that could do what Simone could do the way Simone can do it. Amen. And that's your superpower. You an original. That is your superpower. Yep. Amen. And to even yeah. to even amplify that, all of us are in the, all of us are uniquely made and uniquely gifted whether it's in and it doesn't matter what that it doesn't really matter what that what that gift is but we're all uniquely made and we're all uniquely gifted so god made you god made you the way that you are for per for 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 reason number for reason number one and for purpose number two when you find out when you find your why and your purpose again the sun shines so much brighter the load on your shoulders becomes less and 
you're able to walk in that victory and that purpose because you know we're we're all human beings and we're all trying to find out where we fit in in this the grand scheme of things and this 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 play this place called yeah. earth and this this place called earth and this thing called society so you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you also you are also uniquely gifted and different it is nothing wrong with being yes. there's nothing wrong with being different stand out instead of trying to stand out and stand out instead of trying to stand in that's the one that's I mean, the best you think about it we could be perfect and somebody still will have something to say oh look at miss perfect so no matter what you do in this life someone is going to have something to say about you period it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do so give them something to talk about as i say man look here <laughs> give <laughs> I love that. I I love I love that. Give some give the best the best people make the best way to make people so make somebody jealous or, or talk about you. Give them something to talk about. Give them something to talk about. But you know, stand. But for real, though, Simone, stand. You know, me and Miss Monique, we we both we're both amplifying the same points. You're you you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're you're uniquely gifted and different. And stand, and it's so important to stand out instead of standing in because when you stand in, that means you're just mixing around with everybody else. When you stand out, you're you're the outlier. You're the person that everybody's gonna put their eyes on now, and they're gonna kind of wonder, well, why she why she has that? Why does she have that glow about her? Why she's smiling? Why she's shining? And they, and and they can ask those questions all the time. They can ask you those questions all the time, but only you know the answer. They can only guess or they can only guess or assume. And yeah, I see you. I see we all we all are learning to walk in our purpose daily. Trust and believe, even me. Oh yeah, this is a daily walk, honey. You don't you you won't you never arrive, as they say, because there's <clears throat> always something to learn, something new to do. You have a different idea. I mean, the possibilities are endless until we take our last breath. The possibilities of your greatness that's in you, Simone, is endless. Very much so. Limitless, actually. <laughs> yeah, limitless. limitless, endless, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Just, indeed. You know, if you're learning to walk in your purpose daily, sweetheart, you, you've already, let me tell you something. If you're walking in your purpose daily, you've already won. The You've already Say won, that again. you know. You know the battle's already won. Just, just give it to the person that's more qualified to fight to fight it. That's it. And I think, and that's the one thing I want to ask you about that. You know, when you were going through everything, you know, through all the, you know, the emotional and the and the and the mental turmoil that was, and also the 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 physical turmoil too. What at what point? Did you feel you just had you just had to surrender everything? Um, when I got to the point where I was sitting in my car, crying mm. for hours and hours, I did every, every time I left the house, I would try to find something else to do so I wouldn't have to come home because I knew what was waiting at home. Oh. And it wasn't, and it wasn't directly because of my son. It was because of the details surrounding you know, caring for him and the paperwork and the phone calls and the meetings and then trying to find Monique in the midst of all of that. What does Monique want out of life? What, 
you know, am I just going to just be his mother and die? Is that, that's all I was here for just to bring him into existence and he's suffering and I suffering. and then we're just going to die. You know, I just wrestled mm-hmm. with, with the meaning mm-hmm. of what our lives meant, period. You know, not even to anybody else, but God, why? Just, just, just why? Why is this happening? Why are we here? Is there really a purpose other than just to keep aging and singing happy birthday till we get sick and die? Mm. God was like, no, <laughs> I have a purpose and a plan. I was like, well, I wish you tell me what it is because I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I of talk course. to God like that. I talk to God like I'm talking to everybody else, you know, talking because I'll be like, Lord, um, help here. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what the point is. If there is one, I'm sure. And so that, yeah, that was the point. After um, after going through the divorce and, and, and going through being in, in a homeless shelter with my kids at a young age, for three months and trying to make sure that we were stable and all of that. And then in the midst of that, um, I, during my pregnancy with Jeremiah, I was taking care of my mom um, after she had had her first stroke and, and trying to help her with my siblings as a newlywed and my oldest son was two. It was a lot. Wow. A lot. It was I, a lot it, going on. And it's, on it it sounds like lot. it. It sounds like it. I yeah. Mean, and so that was one of the things that made me feel like um, and that that's one of the points that made me angry as far as when I started going through the complications during the pregnancy, like three mm-hmm. months after um, the pregnancy started, because I was like, why am I doing all this? You know, I'm stressing myself out, but I love my mother and I love my brothers and I wasn't going to, you know, just let them, you know, fall to the wayside. Yeah, I just I couldn't do that. That's just not me. You know, I'm I'm a very family oriented person and if you're close to me, even as a friend, if I love you, I do, and I'm just going to go out of my way more than uh, more than above and beyond to make sure that you're okay. Cause I don't like seeing people hurt. I know what that feels like. I don't mm. like to see people broken. I know what that feels like. And that's mm. one of the things that I had to channel with God with because I was burning myself out. Loving on everybody, taking care of everybody else's needs, worrying about everybody else's wants, and minds were just not even met. Mm, that I know that I know that feeling all too well. Giving of yourself, I but burned no, myself. Give giving of yourself, but not, but and no one really gives really giving to you, giving on to you. Or, nope, you can't even ask. Yeah, you can't you can't ask for nothing because if you're considered the strong person. And I'm people consider me the strong one and the go-to person in the family, things like that. No, you don't get help. You get, oh, baby, you good. You got this. You know how to do this with your eyes closed. You're fine. You don't need me to pray for you. You, you're closer to God than I am. Or you're tired. And these are things that I would hear. You, what you mean? You need prayer? No, you don't. You know how to pray for yourself. Stop playing. Really? Even a brick crumbles with enough force. Such, and, the, and the thing about that is, is all those <laughs> phrases are very condescending. They are. And people don't understand that or realize that. I know that they, if you don't feel comfortable doing something, just say you're not comfortable doing something or you're not, you know, in a position to help them to say those things because you're tearing away at our spirit you're tearing away at our confidence and you know self-esteem and things like that when you say these things that you think are helping and exactly and it and it, ta- it takes a lot to even to go through all those things it really does i mean 
just I mean, just listening to, you know, not even getting into your books, really. We we can we just kind of stopped along here and yeah. just listening to all to everything that you that you mentioned, you know, being homeless, you know, having some complications in your pregnancy, going through a divorce, dealing, taking care of your mother and your brother. I mean, during that time, it's, that's a lot. It's a lot to take in yeah. emotionally. It's a lot to take in mentally. It's a lot to take in physically because now your whole dynamic change, your whole entire dynamic changes. Yeah. And it didn't, and it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. My mother passed in 2008 and I, and, and there I was again at, you know, at her place trying to clean out everything. And then I took my brother and sister in. I took care of them for five years, five years with no help from any, you know, with no help from their fathers. No, no, nothing not from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody else, you know, we had a community of everybody else who kind of stepped in and helped me care for them. So now I had three, I mean, well, four, my two sons and then them two. Three of them all had issues. My son had cerebral palsy. My brother is autistic and mostly nonverbal. And my sister was suffering from a form of Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So I was always back and forth at the doctor with one of them or at the hospital doing something with one of them for five years straight, nonstop. And I began to suffer as a result. My body began to suffer. I started menstruating heavily for almost 12 months straight, nonstop. So then I had to make a decision because I was like, well, wait a minute. I can't, you know, I can't, you know, allow myself to break down because then my son won't have nobody. And so I sought help and I sought help. I mean, I literally had to beg for certain services for my brother to get him placed where he was now. We went through a period where they left him literally in, in the hospital in the psych ward for three whole months because the state of Maryland did not want to pay to place him in a residential facility. What? Oh, yeah, that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, um, we're yeah, we going we to jump into that, too. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Because um, the person who, who wanted to take him, we did the full intake interview. I let her know what my brother could do, what he could, she agreed to take him. Not even 24 hours later, I'm bringing him back because I can't do anything with him because I can't leave him alone and all of that. So were you listening to anything I said at the meeting that we had <laughs> as far as what my brother could and couldn't do? I mean, were you there or you were just mechanical? You just saw the money that you thought you were going to get. So That's we just crazy. went through this, this It was, and I should have went to the news, but I didn't do it. God wouldn't allow me. So I get to tell the story. <laughs> So, um, that's yeah, nuts, they would call me nuts. at work and say, well, can you come get him? Do you have a family member can, that can come get him? Where is his father? Where is this? Where is that? We will give you this, this, and that. I said, you promised me that before. And he was still here and not being productive or getting anything done. Now you're going to pay for it because I'm going to leave him there. And it was the hardest thing I ever had to do, bro. It, I mean, it told my heart out. I didn't go to the hospital to see him or nothing because I knew if I went, I would have brought him home. And I knew wow. he would want to wanted to follow me. So for three months, I called and checked on him and let them ask me them same 15 questions for 30 minutes, trying to convince me to come get him because they didn't want to deal with him. And I said, no. Wow. And so that's how we got to this point. So now he lives outside the home, but I'm still responsible for him. And so I still make sure that he, you know, gets his meds and things like that and all of that stuff because he started having seizures 
after my mom died. He's been healthy as a horse his whole life. He ain't so much as had a cold. After my mom died, he was diagnosed with epilepsy. So it's been a journey, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's been a journey. Boy, yeah. So, yeah, God, so man. he's good. Yeah. He's good, but, you know, and I thank God for it. You know, I I know that looking back on it now and people was like, Mo, you don't give yourself enough credit. And I'm like, maybe I don't. And then when I sit and think about how God brought us through all of that stuff, I'm like, whoa, I did. I was like, I did all of that. You gave me the strength to do all of those things. Wow. I'm, you know, I, I act like other people act when they hear my story. I just, you know, think back sometimes and like, that was only God. That's all I could tell you. That's true. It wasn't Monique. Monique checked out a long time ago. And Man. so, you know, that's just, a, that's just a little bit of what Monique had to go through to get to this point. That's just, that's that part. <laughs> As they say, that's that part. But the funny part yeah. about that is, it's like you, I won't even say the funny part. The good, the, the, the great part about that is, is that throughout all of that, you, you know, throughout all the, the turmoil, the pain, the heartache, you, you found God and then you found, you found, you found a place to be so where you could be centered. Yeah. And, Cause you did it. Man. Oh. You I'm, over here, I'm, I'm over here about to have an emotional <laughs> it's okay because i i mean you know my eyes you can't you probably can't see my eyes but my eyes are like this close to water because just to you know think about how far we've come you know um my kids were babies um you know like toddlers or whatever when when i went through the went through the divorce and all of those kinds of things and to see where we are now from that point it's just it's it's been a journey and i'm grateful that my oldest son um stuck it out with his mommy you know um it wasn't easy a lot of times i didn't know what i was doing i asked a lot of questions called you know did all of that leaned on people probably too much because i was scared and trying to figure out what to do with jeremiah and the level of his disability what services he needed at the you know particular ages that he needed mm -hmm. it was it was always something going on and i know my son did not you know get everything from me emotionally that he should have probably gotten and it took me some years to realize that and i had to apologize to him and ask him to forgive me and that was a major moment for us I mean, breakthrough moment in no our doubt. relationship, it, it was, it was all I could do was cry to him because I was like, I didn't know any better. I didn't. I know that kids think, cause I used to think this too, that parents supposed to know what to do with us. They supposed to know how to love us. They supposed to know how to cultivate us and all that. But let mm -hmm. me tell you something. If they ain't got it, they ain't got it. Nope. It, 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 <laughs> they can't give you what <laughs> no. they don't have. <laughs> they're not equipped for it <laughs> no they're not and so you know but I, and i'm a product of that my mother was 16 or so when she had me in the 70s she wasn't ready for that and nowhere near she equipped wasn't. to handle it and then two years later to have a child with autism she wasn't ready and so as a result we went through some things we went through some things. She didn't. She 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 pacified and coped, you know, with try, you know using drugs, trying to cope with her trauma and whatever. I can't imagine what they said to her back then, because at by the time I understood stuff, 
my brother was being teased. They would call him retarded because he was stem, as they call it. They call it stemming when they rock and shake their hands. I can't imagine the stare she got because she was a teenage mom and then to have a kid that nobody knew what was wrong with. Oh, God. And so, yeah. And so we went through that moment where we had our breakthrough moment. And I had to tell her before she closed her eyes, Mom, I forgive you. I didn't know. I didn't know that you, you know, I just assumed that, hey, you supposed to know better and put the drugs down and love me as your kid. Exactly. You supposed to choose me over the drugs, not, you know, and, 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 and over all of this other stuff. I'm supposed to be first. But if you ain't got it, she was bankrupt. And it's not because she did not love me because she didn't know what to do. That's... And so I had to let that anger go. I had to let it go. But you know what? The one I think the one thing that I think that hurts a child the most is when the parent is emotionally, physically, and mentally bankrupt. That means that means that parent yeah. has nothing to give you. Yeah. And I was like that. I'm gonna admit that on live Trailblazer show. I was that way for Ooh, I know it was more than two years. I was mechanical. I would just get up, do breakfast, do what I need to do with the kids, do dinner, hurry up and go to bed, and, and just let the 24 hours pass and do it all over again. Oh, man. I was just like, Lord, please don't let nothing else happen. Please don't let nothing else happen because I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. Pretty much on and autopilot. And I would get up some days. Yeah, I was on autopilot. And and every time my family would come and get them and take them somewhere, I'm supposed to be cleaning up or whatever, and I'm sitting there crying going, Oh, I didn't do all this stuff that I was supposed to be doing. Now I got to catch up. And I'm like, I can't tell nobody because everybody look at me like I'm the strong one. So now I got to put on this brave face and, you know, trying to smooth things over with people that I didn't keep deadlines with and all of that. Yeah, it it was a lot. You, you know, you go through those things. Depression sets in. You don't do the stuff that you normally once did. It don't interest you no more. Even your own, you don't even want to be around you. So you know you don't want to be around your kids. Not that you don't love them, but you feel like I don't have nothing to give you. Like you said, I didn't, I didn't have nothing to give them when I was broken. Oh, I, I was just like, I'm, I'm out. I was just like, tag, somebody need to tag, you know, tag your ears. So I'm grateful for his two aunts. I'm grateful for my son's two aunts that would come and spend time with them and take them for the weekend so I could breathe and listen to myself breathe. Mm, you know, <laughs> I ain't have to get up early in the morning and fix no breakfast and all that. I'm grateful to them. I'm grateful for my cousins who would call and be like, just go ahead, go to the movies. I'm coming over, you know, so I could go get my feet done. Anything, you know, community is so important. That's why I tell people community is important. You don't, you can't, it is impossible to exist in this world by yourself. It is. You're going to need something from someone at some point. Man. You know, we're not islands. And so, yeah, it, 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 um, it comes full circle. And so when I did that with, with my son, and I even said it to Jeremiah, even though he didn't understand it, or at least, well, he probably didn't because he was younger then. But I told him, I said, Mommy, sorry. Wow, and I, I can yeah. I can, I can, I can, I'm, like, I can imagine the outpour of emotion. Yeah, I was just like, "Mommy, sorry, I didn't want this for you." I had to like, I had to go through a point where I had to grieve the child that I didn't have, 
He can't play baseball. He can't play basketball. You know, stuff that you want to do with your kids that you expect to do with them, I couldn't do with him. I had to figure out creative ways to do what he could do, like I was telling Simone earlier. So I had to apologize to him. I said, Jeremiah, mommy loves you, but I'm sorry. Man. This is not what I wanted for you, and I promise that whatever I have to do to make your life the best that I can make it, that's what we're going to do, and we're going to ride it till we're done. Man, look at him. And we've been riding for 21 years and counting, and he's the happiest. I mean, he is so happy and free of his spirit, and he's a people person like his mommy, and everybody knows him and loves him, and he's been a blessing to others just because of his personality and his love for God and stuff. It is amazing to see, you know, you don't, a lot of people don't see God in the midst of a disability, but Mm -hmm. I have literally seen God in the midst of my son's disability. He's taught me faith and how to love yourself exactly. He's happy exactly the way he is. He, in his mind, there's nothing wrong with him. So what's our problem? Exactly. He don't see, he don't see it as a problem, but unfortunately, we as we a people, we as, we as human beings do, yeah. it's, and they look at it as just some sort of issue. Or, and the one thing that I've heard, and I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought this, I thought this was wild exactly when I heard it. Like, somebody said, Well, that disability is just the devil. Hold on, wait a minute, stop the press. Oh boy. I heard that too. <laughs> I've heard that. Like, and my first question was like, "Who the hell says that?" First and foremost, I mean, yeah, I've had listen. I've had people to ask me, "Well, did you pray and ask God for healing?" This is, and even my son, my son asked me this when he was a teenager. He said, "Mommy, can I ask you a question?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Mommy, why hasn't God healed Jeremiah yet?" I didn't have an answer. And I said, son, listen, let me say this to you, and I need you to understand me. God has timing, and he has purpose, and he has a plan for us. I said, it's not that God cannot heal Jeremiah and make him as normal as you. There's a reason why God has allowed Jeremiah to be this way. And even though it may feel like God is teasing us or something, or he's trying to hurt us, he's really not. And we had to have that hard conversation because I've had people ask me that. Well, have you prayed for healing? Let me let me tell you something. The first time I found out Jeremiah had cerebral palsy, I immediately took him to the altar at church and asked God to heal him. And I've been asking. Yeah. And I've been asking or thanking him ever since for that. It doesn't it doesn't matter if it happens tomorrow, next day or the next day. I still believe God. I still do. I still do. I, I yep. know what you know. I know what God promised me, and so I don't care if it takes for me to get ninety nine to see it. I'm gonna see it. There you go. And I've had people to ask me that, like, um, and, and someone, and then someone said to me one day, and it took me for a loop. And say they said, "Well, Mo, you should stop asking God because at this point, don't you think um, if if God wanted to heal him, he would have done it already? What if his answer is no?" And that whole what if his answer was no resonated in my spirit like a ton of bricks. It was like, if his answer is no, 
do you still love? And God was like, if my answer was no, would you still serve me? Yes. Yo, if I, I, to I told her, I said, my answer is still yes. I don't care what, what you talking about. <laughs> my answer is still yes. Yeah. And so I had to come to that conclusion. Like my answer is still yes. It don't, it doesn't matter. Him, him, you know, being completely healed or not does not does not shake my faith to the point where I'm saying, okay, God, you ain't you ain't doing nothing I asked you to do this, which is a lie. God answers us, and I tell people this when I minister to them. When you pray, God has answered you. How he answers you is what your problem is. You don't like the way he answers. See, you we ask God for things, but we can't tell God how to give it to us. Exactly. Come on now. Come on now. We can't, we can't, because he, I, God knows what we mean when we pray and we ask him for stuff. We, he knows exactly what we mean when we say, Lord, heal my child. Or we, he knows that. He knows we want normalcy and no problems and no issues. However, you're not going to get it if that's not his will. No, nope, it ain't. You're not going to get it. But what you're going to get is, is the strength and the grace. And, and the wherewithal to go through the process so that you can grow. Yeah. Is is at this point, at this point, bro, it's not about my son, it's about me. Exactly. God had to take the disability out of me. God took the disability out of me. So now yep. whatever yep. he does with Jeremiah is really none of my business. My business is to still say yes to him and do what he's called me to do. And when the time comes. I'll still be here. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it was the fun man. It's you brought something to my mind, to something, something to my mind that I that I just I thought about. And it was and it's so it's so right on time right now with what you're saying. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So no, I'm I, I watch other podcast shows. The one that I've been watching. <clears throat> Lately is this one with um, I am athlete with Brandon Marshall. Um, it, I think this is one with Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, um, Chad Ochocinco, and I think um, Channing Crowder. And they had Deion Sanders on. They had Deion Sanders on. And he had, he had mentioned a post that he put on Instagram. And it was like, and the question that he asked was, it's so profound right now. And it's like, are you going to be happy when you don't get what you want? See. Are you going to be happy when you don't get what you want? And it and what you and what we're talking about now, that question is so profound right now because Yeah. If you would have asked if you would have asked God just to make my son normal, say make just God please make mm -hmm. my son normal. All I want is a normal happy child. Would are you going to be happy? If God said, no, that's not what you're not going to, that's not what you need. That's not, I can't give you what you want. And that's that the question thing. is so profound right now. Are you going to yeah. be happy when you don't get what you want? Because here's the flip side of that, bro. But if he did give me what I want, does that mean my life could be any easier? No, no, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it, that it will change a single thing that's going on in my life right now. Yeah. And so see, this is what this is how it is for us. We think that when we ask God to remove a thing, that the removing the thing is gonna bring relief. Uh no. 
Exactly. The Bible exactly. says to whom much is given, much is required. So exactly. after that, he, he'll give you that and that goes away. Do you have something else to contend with? Indeed. Indeed. You will Come have on. Something, something else to contend with. And so uh, the Bible says that all things give thanks. He didn't say give thanks for all things because he knew that there would be things that we would not feel thankful for. Exactly. And I will be exactly. the first to tell you in the beginning, I didn't I didn't see a reason to be thankful for having to change diapers. And my son is 21 now and I'm still changing diapers. Give thanks. Are you serious? But I do. Because look, I could be dead and somebody else could be changing his diapers. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, um, I could I could be at the cemetery putting flowers on his grave. I've known parents who lost their children with cerebral palsy, but mine is still here. So I give him thanks in this thing. Exactly. Oh my God. Yes, ma'am. And yes, you got you, you you got you gotta be happy when you don't get what you when you, you don't get what you want. It's it's God didn't say he was gonna give us what we wanted. He'll give us what he'll give us what we need, which God is said I will supply your every need according to my riches and glory, not your every want. Yeah, he'll give you what you need, which is which in some time, when some cases is is the strength and the perseverance to make it through. You know, and guess that, what? The extra push to make it through the next day. Yeah. And guess how he does that? Trials and tribulations. Yep. Things to help us grow. Flowers grow in dirt. Flowers grow in dirt and poo. That's it. And they come out be the and they come out to be the most beautiful things. They've yep. been poked, they've been rained on, snowed on, stepped on, peed on, mm -hmm. and they still come out looking beautiful until yep. they're utterly destroyed so what makes us think that we just gonna walk in the sunshine all the time that we god has seasons in our lives and these seasons produce different things in us that the previous season won't exactly exactly and we have to go through them we have we have to go through them to be strengthened like you said to get that push to birth these books to birth these ministries and stuff that he's called us to sure he could just give them to us and be like okay fine i'm not going i ain't gonna bother you i'm just gonna let you have it and let you run and go for it and see how far you get he could give us what we want whenever he feel like it but what are we gonna learn nothing exactly exactly because it will be spoiled we will be spoiled we won't we won't work for anything. We won't have any expectation. We definitely won't have faith because we know as soon as we ask him, he's going to give it to us anyway. That's it. That's it. And the one thing that I'm... Faith is not faith. Is you can see it. Exactly. The evidence of things I'm not, not seen, not heard, or not even spoken about. Yes, indeed. And the one thing that... I'm, that, that and this is another thing that just came to my, came to my mind. And it's so crazy that we're so... I love that. I love the fact that we're talking about this and that, and how it relates to, you know, how how your life is coming from one from one one instance to another, you know. And the one thing I just thought about, you know, to our and I just thought about this, you know, you know, to walk in sunshine. If you you will, if you're willing to walk in sunshine, then you have to be willing to dance in the rain. Because if you don't. You have to be able to do both. You have to be able to be able to embrace both parts of it because the sunshine represents everything that's that's the light and that's good and that's good with everything. But the rain also yes. represents everything that's not so right. That's not so great. And all in those dark places that we those dark places that 
we as human beings sometimes live in. If it's raining, I mean, you gonna stay, if you're going to stand out in the rain, you may as well dance in it. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, um, plants don't grow without rain. The rain waters the earth. The yeah. dew, the dew in the morning that's on our cars and stuff that the deer and stuff eat waters the earth, so that you know we can have some of these plants and stuff provide sunlight and water and oxygen to us and all of that. So the rain is is just as beneficial as the sun. That's it. But we don't see it that way. That's it. We don't that see is... it that way because because every because everything is a matter of perspective. And it's always yes, about the perspective, perspective that we see in front of us. Yeah. And, yeah. and my mentality, my perspective and mentality has always been I'd rather be on the inside looking out than on the outside looking in. It's a different perspective oh, yeah. from both sides. Yeah. I don't want to be on yeah. the outside looking in because my vision is only. I can only see what's in the in front. I can only see what's in front of that glass or that mm -hmm. window. If I mm -hmm. if I peer out, if I if I'm inside and I peer out the glass, then I can see so much things around. I can see so many other things that's around me. I have a better view. I can look to the left a little bit. I can look to the right a little bit, and then I can see straight ahead. You have a whole aerial view from the inside that you don't have when you're on the outside. Exactly, and from yeah. and, and from and even from the inside. Even from the inside, it allows you to to think and ponder on certain things. One thing I think that we as human beings don't do enough of is to, you know, be a, be analytical with with our thoughts and our actions. You know, we all every every action has a has a has a reaction. It's either it's going to be the opposite of what it is, but it's also going to be equal to the action that you take that you that you've taken, and we're not. And we don't we don't we don't do that enough by we don't internalize and think about, well, maybe if I would have went left, maybe all this wouldn't have happened. Or maybe if I would have went right, maybe this still would have happened, but it would have happened a different way. And we don't we don't take the time to do that. You know, we don't take the time to meditate on, you know, God, number one on God's word, but also on our thoughts and our actions as we take them. You know, because yeah, we just up and do stuff. Yeah, just kind of like pew, pew, pew. we 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 everywhere, and we don't. But we don't sit down and sit, take the time to cognizantly think, because even looking at from your situation, if you would have made, if you would have made any other decisions besides the ones that you, the ones that you made currently, this could have went. This could have went a whole different way. It could have. It could have went left. It could have went right. Huh? <laughs> I it said you went. wouldn't even be talking to me because I wouldn't be exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes, thank God. Oh my God, exactly. Boy, you 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 be like, you be like, because we we wouldn't have this conversation right. We wouldn't have this conversation right now. Right. We wouldn't be sitting here talking to each other. We wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation about, you know, your trials and tribulations as a parent. <clears throat> not only as a parent, but a parent of a special needs child. And your story is so, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna walk back. I'm gonna walk back a little bit. I strongly believe that your story is so much encouraging. It should be encouraging to any parent who has a special needs child. And and this is, and when I say that is 
it, this is going to be irrespective of the condition. Right, right. Because to me, the condition is just a hampering of something that's physical or mental. It doesn't take away from that child's personality. It doesn't take away from that child's doesn't take away from that. I won't even say child, say person, that person's personality. It doesn't take away from their their zeal of life. It doesn't take away from their quality of life. It's just that their quality of life has to have a little bit of assistance. Yeah, and adjustments. Yeah. Yeah, adjustments. But nothing's wrong, but nothing's wrong with that because we as human beings, not only we 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 are responsible for our own quality of life, but also We're responsible for the quality of life of others, such as our children, such as our, you know, our parents and things of that nature. So not only are we responsible for our own quality of life, we're also responsible for the quality of life of others and vice versa. So to me, I look at that. Like I said, when and the greatest example that I have is, you know, my brother and his wife and how they treat their daughter. And when I see that it is. It is so lovely, it is it is so beautiful, it is like the best thing that you will ever see in the world. And, and Khadijah is like, she is the, she is the happiest, most vibrant, can, you know, really, really can, is really smart and really smart and very, and can express herself very, very well. You know, just despite all the things that she has go, that she has going on with her physically and then I'm, and I keep, I keep looking at her like, who are who are you? <laughs> and uh, when I look at her, I smile. I like who are who are you? And she just she just laughs and just says, "I'm me." Enough said. And then for me, that's enough said. Yeah, yeah. It's. I find it really. I first first of all, number one, you just you, my dear, are. You know, are a wonderful individual for for even being as brave and as transparent as you as you've been with as you've been with me tonight. I'm number one. I respect that and I appreciate that. I am like in awe of you as a person, not only as not only as a mother, but also as a person and also as a believer, because you are a prime example that when you when you put your faith and your trust and your and your hopes in in God, things do things things do turn things do turn out things do turn out okay. They may not turn out the way you want them to, but they turn out, and they turn out for the yes. greater good of everybody else involved. Yes. Everybody involved. I am Absolutely. so <laughs> I am so honored. Number one to have you as a to have number one to have you as a guest, but also now to call you a friend. Because bless your heart, I appreciate you. You gonna make me you. ugly cry? Don't do that. Hey, look here, go ahead. It's fine. It's good. It's no, good. I'm good. good. I think I'm good now. I think I'm good. But the one For thing right now, did, anyway. But the one thing I did want to, I do, I do want you to do, is to. There are some. Excuse me. There's some parents out there who may not understand what they're enduring 
with their child or their or the end or the adult that they're that they're taking care of because that because of, because that adult that that person is special needs i won't say child or adult i'll say person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they may be hurt they may be hurting they may be going through they may have a lot of things going on in their mind they may have they have they may have even thoughts of just like throwing their hands up and just giving up i want you to speak to i want you to speak to those to those to those parents right now you know what what would you what would you say to them to encourage them and to help and to, and to help them just to make this just to hold on one more day Ooh, there you go. You about to do it again. Listen, <laughs> um, I <laughs> I will say this as a witness that having um, being a parent or caregiver of someone who has a disability is not a death sentence. It's a life sentence. There is something in you and your child that God is going to birth through you. Um, you're going to discover your strengths and your weaknesses. You're going to discover the importance of having faith and trusting God when you can't see him and you don't, oh, and you don't understand why you have to go this way. But what I, I'll tell you that you're going to cry and it's going to hurt. You're going to have days where you just want to scream and throw on the towel, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if you just hold on to your faith, the Bible says that I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith fail not. Don't, I don't care what doctors say. I don't care what the church people say. I don't care what mama and boo-boo and them say. You keep your eyes fixed on God mm. and hold on. And when, and, and, and when you feel like in your humanity, you can't handle it because we can only handle so much. Listen, you get a micro micro-sized piece of dust nose and your whole nose is blown out of whack. So yep. there's only so much we can handle. The This is why we cast our cares on God. We, we let those things go. We pray and we release them and allow God to handle them. And when, like I said, in your humanness, you cannot find the strength to get up and do the routine things or you find yourself going to a dark place or become a mechanical reach out to somebody that you know that loves you and that knows the word and the worth of prayer because prayer changes things i am sitting in front of you because somebody prayed and interceded i'm not just and I, I, let me say when i say prayer not oh lord bless them and get them strength no baby i mean pray and call that mess out intercede and lift you up in prayer. That's what I mean when I say pray. And even if you don't have those words to say, if you just cry and say, God help me, he understands it, because I've said it. Mm. And a couple of other, other things too that I probably have said in my ignorance. And God understood it. And he raised me from that horrible place. And so now I know what it's like to be free from that. So when those things try to creep in again, because the enemy gonna try it. His tactics ain't new. To nobody. His tactics ain't new. He'll he nobody. He does three things: kill, kill, and destroy. Kill and destroy. That's it. He he can't. He's not even capable of being good or doing good or acting good. But he may look good. But that's a lot. You know, you 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 can discern that. But 
hold on to your faith and love your child. Minister unto your children as you do unto God. The moment that I started praying for my son and, and just um, every now and then I would anoint him. We would sing songs. I, I taught my son how to worship. My son is a worshiper. Mm. I would play worship music and things like that. He knows scriptures. Let let if he was if I was downstairs with him right now and I was talking to you like this, he would start praying immediately. He has very sharp discernment. My oldest son does too. They know who God is. They know the power of prayer. They know the presence of the Holy Spirit, and they know when you're playing. Mm. And so everything that you're doing, understand that you're not doing it for naught because the Bible says what you do to the least of these, you've done to the Father. So love on your children. Look at them as the gift that they are and look at yourself as the gift. You are not defective, number one. There is nothing wrong with you, number two. Number three, this is not your fault, so stop blaming yourself and overcompensating and and, and trying to, you know, use other things for coping mechanisms. They won't work. The only thing that's going to help you and going to heal you is the love of God and his healing power to give you that freedom that you need to do what he has called you to do. And it's a process. You're not going to get there overnight. You're going to have some setbacks. It's going to feel like the other shoe done drop. And, and it feels like you're walking in the rain with the thunder over your head like the cartoons. But just know that even through all of that, God has not left you. God mm-hmm. has not left you or your child has not um, just he's not punishing you because you did something wrong or whatever. Don't let the enemy tell you any of that. Cause I'm trust me. He told me all of that. Mm. Um, like I said, the biggest thing is reaching out when you feel like you can't handle it and it's okay to cry. Stop brave facing and lying. Let me, let me, let me, let me help you stop lying to yourself. If you Mm. don't feel like smiling today, that's perfectly fine. Because, see, here's the thing. Nobody knows what's behind your closed door. Nobody knows what's lying behind your fake smile. Love yourself enough to admit to yourself that you are not okay. And if you need Jesus and therapy, hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with it. God gave David a counselor. Come on God gave God allowed David to be ministered to with a heart by somebody because he was tormented with demons. So don't tell me you can't have Jesus in therapy, baby. <laughs> okay. Jesus in therapy is just fine. That what well, that's why he put them here. But that's why he put us here. But unfortunately, that's that's the great that's that is the great disconnect. Oh yeah. Not, I we, not, we were told not to go to therapy. <laughs> me too. We were told not to go unless you was back crazy. Oh, ain't nothing and, wrong with and you. And Looney in a straight jacket. No, honey, if you suffer any trauma and having a specialist child is traumatic. They Very. diagnosed me with PTSD and whatever else. And I was like, and I said, okay, Lord, this is what they say. But I, <laughs> I'm in my right mind, but I'm going to go to therapy and talk it out. And learn strategies of how to cope when these emotions come. I didn't take all that stuff. And I'm not speaking against medicine, so don't don't try to say that. Monique just didn't take medicine. That's right. I just opted not to. I that was just my choice. 
Mm-hmm. Because I was just, I, I was in a different place spiritually. So I did not need that. I needed to be able to vent and talk to somebody without being judged and without people telling me that I wasn't a Christian because I felt the way I felt about caring for my special needs child. Like I, like I was supposed to have been perfect because I had a relationship with God and everything was supposed to be hunky-dory. It's not. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why people. I don't know why. Well, I won't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I get what I see where you're going, but yeah, we we've we've Man. convinced ourselves that we are so self-sufficient that it's ridiculous, and then we crash and burn, then we run to God. We are not, we are not self-sufficient in and of ourselves. We are not self-made anything. Because if God withdraw His breath from you, you're done. So then, what are you? What are, what are you? Dead. Dead. Just an empty shell. Dead. Come on, empty shell, dead. And so that's what I would say to all of the special needs parents. Pick yourself up from where you are. Take one day at a time. If you got a weight loss goal like I do, amen. Take one step at a time. You know, don't don't try to get rid of everything at once. Slow and steady wins the race. The Bible says the race is not given to the swift or the strong, but to the one that endures till the end. So that means there's a process somewhere, right? Exactly. So take your time. And this is the most important thing. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Because if you don't, all of this work that you're doing is going to be for naught because you're still angry with yourself because of what you think you did that happened to your child. And until you release that, you won't be able to be free because you're just going to go right back. Forgive yourself. And, and, there's nothing, and there's nothing worse than going right back to where you just where you just left, going back to the same place that you just left. Yeah, because it's two times worse. Yep. Than when you went the first time. It's way exactly. worse because it's meant to kill you. And so, um, yes, forgive yourself. Get get a long journal. Journal, journal. I don't care if you use your notepad on your phone, write down your thoughts. Yes, they're scary because when I read mine, I wanted to call the psych ward on myself. But that's how (laughs) I felt. And I had to be honest, you know, (laughs) be honest (laughs) with yourself. Write those thoughts down, you know, and release them, you know, look at them, release them, release them to God and then move forward. Like I said, grab a buddy, go get some coffee, go outside, get some air. You know, you need that self-care. I don't care if you go to a movie, go buy a candle from Bath and Body Works or whatever. Find something that that you can do to get, you know, so that you can have some quality me time. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You can't you can't just keep burying yourself in your child's disability. And that's what I did by overcompensating. I didn't go anywhere and do anything because I felt like if he was like that, I didn't deserve to be happy because I was and, punishing myself. And it's the, and it's the total opposite, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so once you, yeah, like I said, once you experience freedom, life is life has been good i can't say that it hasn't been good we've we've gone through some roller coasters let me tell you but life has been good i i was able to go back to school um i didn't do the bachelor's degree i got the associates because i took baby steps and even when i did that my first (laughs) my school tenure was was wild because i did um online my first semester jeremiah had spinal fusion surgery so I did all of my coursework 
for my classes that I had in seven days so that when he went to have his surgery, I didn't have to do any work. So my first semester stuff was done before my son was cut on. Hmm. And that's an accomplishment so in and of itself. Yeah, and 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 right out, I think shortly after that, my grandmother, who has gone home to be with the Lord now, she had had a stroke, and so my first semester, I was nursing him back to health, and helping to to nurse her back to health from a stroke. So that that wow. so I said all that to say, you're not gonna get it. It's not just gonna come to you. Exactly. It's not just gonna drop on your lap. God does open up doors of favor, but you got to do the legwork, baby. You got to do the work. Gonna have to. You gotta do the work. I I made it through school, um, and all four semesters, something else, you know, something happened after that and after that. But I kept persevering until I made it. I didn't quit. I could have quit after the first semester, but I didn't. I was like, okay, you know, expect expect the unexpected to happen. Think about it. When you don't do nothing, it doesn't require no work or no no effort. <laughs> nobody bothers you when you're doing nothing. No, I mean, nobody bothers you when you're doing nothing at all. The moment you try to better yourself and do things for yourself, then here comes everybody, else. everything, everybody else. And I'm going to tell you how, how I know this to be true. I could, when I was in school, as long as I was not on my laptop writing or doing something, my phone never rang. Every time I would turn on my laptop to do homework or to write, Bling, 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 you know, the phone would ring, text message. It, like, these people could literally see that I was trying to do something. Everybody in so, mama decided they want to call your you. Distractions. Yes, eliminate your distractions. When you go through your healing process, this is so important. When you're going through those kinds of things, you got to eliminate the distractions. Put your phone on do not disturb for an hour or two and just sit with yourself and nourish your spirit. You know what? You know, nourish your spirit. You got to tune out the outside world. We can't always be connected and always be in the know. For what? It's not helping you. Nope. If it's not adding to your spiritual life, it's not adding to the joy and the peace of your life. It's not necessary. Hmm. But we always want to be connected. We want to know when the latest TikTok that came up. Oh, this is going viral, that going viral. Meanwhile, your life is falling apart. They not, they not going to come and save you? Nope. Not at all. They not. not so at all. you you know the first rule of thumb on the plane they say when a mask come down save yourself first. So the, yeah save yourself first as especially parent your child and loved one depend on you you got to be right. Yeah. And and do and when you do all of that and you take those steps towards God, God will bring you to such a place of peace and victory. And the things that you were going to discover about yourself and even the ministries or the books you're going to write or the podcasts and shows you're going to be on, you're going to look back at it and go, wow, that's what this was for. Exactly. It's for somebody else. It's not for you. This, this, right. this thing right here is not just for Monique. Yes, Monique benefited from it, but look where I am sitting in front of you. That's telling it. Millions of people, you can have a life. Just because you have a disabled child don't mean you can't that that, that your life is over. Your oh, life is not over. And everybody say think that's well, that's a, just a death sentence. No, death sentence, that's a life sentence. What you talking about? 
that's what I say in my on my things all the time. Disability is not a death sentence, it's a life sentence. And even my slogan with um disability LLC that I have, which is my business, it says my slogan says, Don't diss disability. Wow. That's what's up. Yeah. Man. I love that. I love yeah. that. Oh, I love that. Don't diss disability. That's I get yeah, I love that. Yeah, so it's like much. a tongue twister, but you know, it works. Hey, it works. Very effective. And so, you know, it's it's awesome. You know, everybody who's listening under the sound of my voice who may be going through some things, I speak life to you. I speak strength. I speak the peace of God and the love of God that it will comfort your hearts if you're suffering from losses. Let me tell you, baby, 2021 was ridiculous for us. But <laughs> we're still standing. My grandmother passed almost a year ago on next Wednesday. And my sister passed two weeks after that. She was 29 wow. years old and left behind a 15-month-old. So 2021 knocked the wind out of me in January, on January 19th and February the 7th. And the rest of my year was done after that. I, I didn't, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm done. That I quit already. It's only February and I quit. But he <laughs> said, nope. only February and I give up. I'm done. <laughs> And one day I came, I was, I was going through stuff and I was going through the stuff in my room of hers and I found my notebook from high school and, and it was a poem and the poem was this. Wow. The poem it became, was a poem. the poem became that book. Yep. yep. And I found it and I said, it was like, aha I was like, Oh man, I I still have this. I thought I tossed that thing a long time ago. I have stuff that I've scribbled and written down when I was 16 years old that 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 are in some of my books. Mm. That's what's up, and man. I love this that. is how many years later. So yeah, so you never know. Everything that God gives you, there's timing and purpose. And so this was the purpose at this time. I've had that poem for about five years or so. And I didn't do anything with it. I had mm. Disability LLC drawn out, had the logo, the mission statement, all of that with that poem that I never did anything with, never told anybody about. And after they left, it was just like, you got to do it. You got you, you to gotta do it. And it was like, okay, fine. You so already I just had the vision. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I wasn't going to do nothing with it because I ain't, I, I ain't want to be bothered. You know what I'm saying? You're grieving and stuff. You know, and I was just like, okay, Lord, can we do this later? No. No. Okay. We ain't got you ain't got no. to, you ain't got you ain't got time for later. Yeah, he's like, no. And then the where well, the podcast came slightly before that. My podcast is called Having a Moment with Moni, where I sit here and talk about this stuff, like I'm talking to you to let everybody know how real life is mm. with a special needs child for us. And that's all I talk about. I talk about different things, you know, IEP stuff. Uh, Jeremiah going through puberty, you know, how it is, you know, trying to have, you know, me trying to find a sense of self and and have a life outside of just being a special needs mom. You want to be, you know, we want, I want to be known for more than that. I don't want people to be like, oh yeah, that's a special needs mom lady. Okay, that's fine. But I'm an individual too. Exactly. Monique exactly. likes to cook. You know, I like to write poetry. I love music and arts and stuff. I used to sing in choirs and groups and all of that. There's, there's, there, I'm not just Jeremiah's mom. I'm not just Ronald's mother. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm somebody outside of that. All of these things are plus, are plus. Wow, 
I love that, man. I do. I really, really do. I really, really do. And yeah, I really do. And <clears throat> as you know, as we as we as we come closer to close, and there's I always ask two. I always ask. I always have two requests of my guest. <clears throat> One of those is kind of a I won't say a complicated question, but it is. So, mm-hmm. and I'll preface that I'll preface it with this. The question that I'm asking you is encompasses everything of who you are from being an author, a podcaster, um, a mother, a business owner, everything. So we all know that life had life is a marathon. We are we all we're all running it. So there are stages of that marathon. So the marathon. So the first stage is, you know, you're coming out the gate. That's just this is the start of the whole race. So you're coming out the gate and you're kind of learning where your pace is. And then you have the middle stage to where you're you're at the pace that you want to you're at the pace that you want to run. And it's a nice little it's a nice little clip. And then we have the last stage of this, which is the finish. To where the finish line is right there is in front of you and you and you're either you either you're beginning to pick up your pace or you're just kind of coasting toward the finish line. And so where are you at in this marathon called life? And like I said, this, the question, the, the question encompasses everything that you are. Um, I was, you know what? I'm just going to throw a curveball and say, this is the rebirth because I had to, I had to, you know, I had to be broken to, to see the greatness that God placed in me. So I won't say I'm at, I'm at the beginning, but I'm not at the end. I'm just getting started. So I would say I'm in the middle where I finally settle into what I what I believe and what I know that God has called me to do. And now I'm taking, you know, active steps to do what God has called me to do. So I would say I'm 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 in the middle. That's you know what, and I, I find out and I find that I find that a very interesting place for you to say that you are. It's been in and not and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because it really is not. It's a very good thing because you mentioned because when you mentioned the rebirth, I'm like, okay, she so she might be just walking up to the starting line. So and that's where my initial thought yeah. came from. Yeah, um, I I would say I, I'll say in one area I am in the starting line, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Um, September 11th, I accepted the call to be the associate pastor of God's End Time Deliverance Ministries. Um, the Baltimore, Washington region, I am under Apostles Philip and Vernon Williams. And so that's the beginning stage for me in that arena. I've always mm-hmm. done ministry and things like that, but I was never, um, I did choir, praise team, all of those things, did communion, uh, all of those things, everything except for pastor, church, or running. Well, so in that regard, I'm at the beginning stages because now I'm settling into this calling and this mantle that God has on my life. And even though I've done all of those things already, unofficially, mm-hmm. if you will, um, now that the mandate has been placed over me, you know, it does not come without stop. cost. <laughs> yeah, without cost. cost, you know, salvation is free, but the anointing cost. Oh, psh, you know, and so... Yeah. And so I am in the beginning stages where I'm just and I'm I'm what, maybe nine months in, not even am I no, I'm not even a year yet. And so getting used to people now feeling like they have to call me pastor all the time and I'm like, it's not that serious. I'm I, I am I am still unique. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the respect 
I appreciate all of that, but you know, a lot of my friends they do it on purpose to kind of tease me because they's like, you always make this face when we call you that. I'm like, because I'm getting used to the fact that God has, <laughs> you know, actually placed me in this place that I never thought I would be at. And it's and it's a it's it's a prophecy come true. My grandmother told me this years ago, and I was like, Grandma, I'm not pastoring nobody. She said, Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> this is nice, and I miss her. I miss her dearly. Um, and so all of the things that are happening now, I thought about this the other day that we actually talked about, you know, in my early twenties and early 30s about some of these things that are now just coming to pass so in certain aspects of my life i'm right at the starting point and in other areas i'm at the middle there you go i've I mean, got my footing and my pace that's but that's a, but that's a good way to see yourself because again every every yeah. aspect of our life is different you know so in some cases you are at just coming up to the starting gate and you haven't you know you're you're trying to get, make sure that you're that you come out the gate properly, and the and the starting gun hasn't went off yet. Yeah, that's and that's the area where I'm trying to make sure I'm coming out the gate right because we all know how many stories have we heard of people who are in leadership position not acting leader-ish, if you will. And I'm gonna leave that there. So I'm trying to make sure that you know I will not you know be named among them. Amen. So there we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I, I, but i but i but i feel but i feel you on that i do feel you on that you know yeah, yeah so i just want to represent god well that's right but i mean and also men also make sure you men and make sure you that you're ministering to the to his people properly and and fairly properly because mm-hmm. no one wants to be no one likes to be mishandled i mean i'm that's and, and that's that's hey, something absolutely important. not yeah and that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. I'll come back. Trust that's me. That's story. Man. That's I'll story for. Back. That's a story for another for another time. <laughs> yes, indeed. We can have a whole segment on that alone. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But I also the other thing that I want you to do, and I'm gonna give you this opportunity to give yourself a shameless plug. I want you to tell everybody who you are, the name of your two books, where they can find you on social media, and also the name of your podcast, so that people. So that people so so that people can find out where they can talk and listen to to listen can listen to you and listen to your stories and gain some sort of gain some form of hope and some form of solace and some a form of camaraderie and community. So the floor is yours. Okay, well, I am I am author Monique Duel, mommy, caregiver, associate pastor, all of those kinds of things. And this is my children's book. This is the newest. Oh, can you see it? Okay. Yep. This is Jeremiah the newest the one, Jeremiah the Jackrabbit. It is about Jeremiah, and it is a story about faith, acceptance, and love from a standpoint of a, I have the only book about a disabled rabbit that has cerebral palsy that's in a wheelchair. So y'all go cop that. That's on Amazon, and it's also on my website at www.imjusmo.com. That's my disability website where you can find all of my books, and this is the other one, um, Handicapped Mom, Lessons I Learned Through Cerebral Palsy. This is the autobiography book. This is where all of this that you heard tonight was birthed from. That is also on my website as well as Amazon. On social media, Facebook, I am Monique Duel. Um, Instagram, I'm Miss D Rain, M S D E E R E I G N. 
And my podcast is called Having a Moment with Moni. It's everywhere that podcasts are. Spotify, um, Apple, uh, Anchor, and the rest of them. iHeart, everywhere. It's everywhere. Wow. So... So you been how often? How often does your podcast air? Is it kind? Of, are you just kind of like? Is it is it mostly a feel for you? Yeah, because um, when I tried to do the schedule thing with work and trying to, in the beginning when I was working, and then now that I have to do homeschool with him since he's out of school and things like that, sticking to a schedule per se did not necessarily work. So when I have quiet time, I usually. Um, record my podcast like at one in the morning when it's all quiet and I can collect my thoughts. And so I do at least two a month, at least two a month. Gotcha. I want to, yeah, you know, kind of beef that up a little bit. So hopefully I'll, um, my goal is to do one a week. So pray for me because <laughs> I, I want to do one a week. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the goal. And so, um, but, um, it may not, happen that way until probably February or March because um, God has opened up all of these doors for me to do interviews and things like that. And so I've been pretty busy. Got you. I got you. I've been you. pretty busy since I did the Pick TV Network book fair. I, oh, yeah. So, so, so and you, and you, oh, yeah. We forgot to mention that because you actually are going to be, um, actually are going to be on the Pick TV Network. Um, is that's, that's tomorrow, right? Yeah, um, tomorrow um, we, we're going to start recording. Um, we're going live about one. Um, it is the Pick TV Virtual Book Fair. This is my second one. I made history with them and did the very first one back in December. And the, um, I met some pretty amazing women who were just like me. And as a result, like I said, um, I started getting phone calls and emails and things like that. I've, I was in... Um, Faith Heart Magazine as one of the women changing the face of ministry, which was a huge deal for me. Um, and so all of the things that God has done since then uh, has shifted me greatly uh, in, in, in the arena of being with people. This right here, this is outside of my comfort zone. I'm going to tell you, bro, I, I don't like being on camera and stuff like that. I really don't. Everybody's like, why don't you go live on Facebook and talk about do your podcast live and stuff? I'm like, because I have to be on camera. They're like, get out your way, ma'am. Get out your own way, ma'am. Let's go. You got work to do. Chop, chop. So I get I get pushed and encouraged and coached all the time. So one of these days, I'm I'm just going, you know, pop out out of nowhere with it. So um yeah. So join us tomorrow. Um, the Pig TV Network is on Facebook. They are on YouTube and they are on the Roku. On Roku TV app um, with the stick. Either you have the Roku stick or Roku embedded on your TV. Look for the Pick TV Network, and we're there. And what what time? What time is that book fair tomorrow? One one p.m. Eastern Standard. It'll start at one, and we have all different genres. I'll be in the children's author category. We have other one, you know, other categories as well as fiction. And all of the other words, you will see probably those segments separate, but I will be in the children's book category. Man, you got you, you got a lot, you got a hand in a lot of things there, lady. You really do. But it's but, that, but I, God did that. <laughs> God did that with that one, just that one thing. And that's what we were talking about. You take that one step of faith that God's and be obedient. You never know where God is gonna take you with that one yes. 
That's it. So just do what he told you to do the first time. I tell my people that all the time. Do what God told you to do the first time. Don't let God should not have to ask you twice to do something once. Exactly. Exactly. Man. Exactly. They don't. Buy, That's they, it. Man, they better. They better look here. You bet. If you if I told you the first time, you might want to go ahead and just hand this. Then just handle that, and do what you do. What I asked you to do. Yes. Kind of. Kind of like. Kind of like a yes. parent. If I tell. Okay, I'm telling you this one time and one time only. If you don't do it, it's gonna be repercussions. Man, we do it the first time. If we wasn't first, first of all, we get that far. If we wasn't getting up and act like we was moving, we automatically got whooped. Period. And we were like, what you here before? Because you ain't get up when I told when I said it. What you I was getting ready to get up. No, no, no. You should have been got up. When I asked you. Know you know we to, used to get the it. First time. Get up. Exactly. <laughs> the first time. So yeah. Don't let God have to do that to you. You don't do that to yourself. Yeah, because you're gonna cause you're gonna get a you're gonna get a spiritual butt, you're gonna get a spiritual whooping. And I got too many of them in my in, in my in my lifetime to you know, sit there and, and act like that. Now, when I think, even when I think I hear God, I'm like, okay, God, can you say it again? Because I want to make sure I heard you and be obedient. And, he, and he'll tell you again, too. He will. He'll tell you again. And I'm like, okay, God, thank you. Ooh, I just wanted to make sure that was you before I go out here and do this off the wall stuff that people don't understand. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. That's it. Yep. So, yep. That's it. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is, oh, this man, was amazing. Oh, man. I enjoy I enjoyed having you, and I most most definitely want to have you back. I I'm, I actually reached out to my other two my other two hosts because I because I really because and I'm gonna actually speak to them tomorrow because I really want because I really I really want you to come back on um the My Life Has Destiny um podcast because Quentin Coco they're Absolutely. they're amazing and they are and and I just so I just I just hit them up I said I said this lady's powerful man y'all need y'all need to have y'all need to have her. Thank you so y'all need much. to have her here. Y'all need to have her. Y'all need to have her. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and countrymen, I want to I want to introduce to everybody my our listening and viewing audience. I mean, she she got a lot of hats. So she's she's an author. She's a podcaster. She's an uh, she's an associate pastor. She is she 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 is a mother. She is a mother of a special needs child. But don't let don't let that particular monarch moniker fool you because she is a because she is a very, very powerful woman, a powerful woman of faith and a powerful woman of belief and that God can can pull can pull you through anything. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to introduce to you guys author podcaster, you know, you know, woman that wears many hats and she's she's good at those hats that she wears. Monique Duell. Monique, thank you so very much Thank for coming for on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. To the to this podcast platform, I am. Don't be a stranger. Oh, never, never. Oh, we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna connect again because I want because I really do want to. Um, either I, I really I am gonna speak to my other two hosts and have them see if they can see if they can invite you to come in. But you know, I personally want to bring you back as well because I know there's some there's some conversations that we had here. That I would that I most definitely there's some conversations that we had here that I really want to continue. And I want to see if I can Absolutely. bring other people into sure. that conversation as well. Oh, that would be dope. Yeah. Yeah, most most definitely dope, man. I'm, and it's gonna, I love it, man. <clears throat> I do love it. It's good. This is this is why this is why I, this is why I like this is why I love what I do. Because hearing stories like yours and so many other people that I've that I've had on this platform. It is 
I love it because the simple fact of the matter is no matter no matter what, there's always gonna be some nugget that somebody that someone's gonna drop that's gonna make that's gonna make a difference in somebody's life, or it's gonna add value to my own, which is even which is which is a plus in in and of itself. So have so having you and so many other people like that are like minded like you means a lot to me. And I and I don't and I do not take that I do not take the simple fact that you took your time out of your evening away from your away from your boys lightly. I don't. I appreciate I appreciate that. I really do, because I know you could have you could have been doing anything else on a Friday evening, you know, but you're right here and we're having this conversation. And I'm I am so happy that we did because, you know, Me that too. one that one person that we had on, I, I know her life was I know her life was changed for the better. Amen. Yeah, I, I I hope that if she wants to talk, that, that Simone will reach out to me and, you know, on Facebook and um, inbox me. And I would definitely love to share and speak with her. Most definitely. I will most definitely, you know, make, I'll most definitely reach out to her and see if she wants to continue that conversation. And I and I might even see if I won't maybe have her come on so we can have a conversation, because who better to hear something like this, but from the perspective of the person. From from that from a person that actually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. So, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude our episode of the Office Alley with myself, your host Frederick Beattie, and my beautiful, beautiful special guest, Miss Monique Duell. Again, Jeremiah the Jackrabbit and disabled mom is are both available on amazon go cop though go cop those books man i promise you you won't be disappointed in those also she has a she has a podcast that is available on all streaming platforms if you are the parent of a if you are the parent of a special needs child i highly encourage you and implore you to listen to that podcast um i'm actually going to personally start listening to it because i'm pretty sure she's dropping some nice some gems on there um, that's going to be beneficial to you and also if you if you have a, if you have a Roku TV or a Roku stick or anything that's Roku related, check out go down download the pick guy download the pick TV um, app on on your phone not on your phone on your TV on your Roku t- enabled TV. Check and check out their virtual book fair which airs tomorrow at one p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Pick TV network. There there are going to be some amazing authors there, children's authors, fiction authors, um, biography authors. You're gonna you're gonna be able to tell, you're gonna be able to listen and hear about these authors' amazing stories and how they got to the point that they are right now with their books and their publications. So I encourage I I implore you and encourage you to to download the Pick TV app on your Roku TV or on a, on your Roku stick. Check out that virtual book fair tomorrow and and if you and if you and if you feel led to and if you feel led to purchase a book purchase a book from an author because as creatives. <coughs> As an author myself, it's not it's not just the purchases that help us. It is the reviews that I feel yeah, help us the most yeah. because those help us improve as have help us improve our improve and work on our craft as authors. And you know, reviews positive or negative help us in any way. I mean, I'm not I'm I don't shy away from negative reviews because. There, because they're all because they're learning let there because they're learning lessons their lessons into those or into those, but again, please support. You know, if you guys are able to get that app, 
watch, check out that virtual book fair, check out her podcast, check out her podcast, purchase her books. Um, and just, you know, check her out on social media. Just, you know, stop by to say hi. Or if you have a question or comment yeah. or concern or or even better yet, if you want to know a little bit more about her, just, you know, if it makes sense for you, hit her up in her DMs. You know, no, no, cra no craziness, y'all. No craziness. No craziness, y'all. No, no craziness. If it makes sense, if it makes sense for you stuff. to do that, do that. But please be respectful. No craziness. I always have to say and that. And also so. for the um, TV book fair, if you don't have a Roku stick, you could go to www.thepicktvnetwork.com and see it there as well. There you go. And there you have it, guys. <clears throat> and as I said before, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this episode. I want to thank my special guest, Miss Monique Duell, for being here, blessing us with her. First of all, with her beautiful, with her beautiful presence and countenance and just, you know, being being extreme being extremely transparent about her uh, about her journey from one from one end of the spectrum to where she is now i am appreciative of that and again that does not fall that does not fall short on me because transparency is something that we all need to have especially when we're trying to help someone else so i want to thank you for doing that i am more thank than so much i am more i am more than grateful for that so that's going to conclude this episode, ladies and gentlemen. But as I, as we, as we conclude, I always want to leave you guys with three things. First thing, love on each other. Second thing, take care of each other. Lastly, but most definitely not leastly, please, if you, if you're going out tonight or if you're going out anytime during this weekend or anytime during, anytime during, the, during next week, um, for some of us, this, for some of us, this is a long, this is a long weekend as, MLK Day is going to be observed on Monday and a lot of people won't be working. So if you have so if you happen to go out this weekend or Monday or any other day next week, I want you guys to please by all by all means by any means necessary, please stay safe. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you again next time on the Authors Alley with Frederick Beatty presented by Trailblazers Radio. You guys have a wonderful night and enjoy and have a safe and prosperous weekend.